Motorbike meets Chewbacca? Maybe, yeah. Some th- these things just come out of me. I don't know their There's origin like story. Purrs and no, it's like me trying to get in touch with my animal side. Like in and out. We used to be Jake animal style. I have a pretty hairy chest, so I mean. So this is episode seventy-seven of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Chest hair and hockey brought what, together. What could be more of a perfect combination? What could be more romantic? Just a, a good Hasselhoff chest. I'm thinking like even a little bit more fur. Like you take like John Stamos's hair and put it on somebody's chest. You showed me that like Nate Schmidt meme. He, I bet he's got a, a hairy one. It's unfortunate when the bald dude is also super furry. <laughs> like, are we talking from experience here? I'm not that furry. I don't think you are either. I'm just a my, joke needed to be yeah, made. My body hair is really long. And that, like, it's not super thick, it's just long. Mm. And I don't know if I'm supposed to move back to the mother country and, like, (laughs) become a Viking berserker or if I'm just, like, doing it wrong. It's unfair, too. I think you're doing all right. I mean, I think we both have the issue where our uh, body hair is like a refugee for our head hair follicles, (laughs) a refugee camp for our head hair follicles. Yeah, it was like, we need to go to warmer climes, quick to the butt crack. Do you remember Crack Spackle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was such a good bit. You know who needs Crack Spackle this week? Crook Kaprizov. Yeah. That, His legs went in two different directions, that, unfortunately for him. that Thus ending my f- fantasy hockey campaign and maybe any r- hopes of the Wild Clint, or taking first in the Central. Yeah, the Wild has story this year has been wild, <laughs> to say the least. Their trade deadline selling and acquisitions w- were interesting. Um, getting rid of Jordan Greenway once and for all. Kind of like just doing him a solid because they weren't going to. Yeah, because they weren't going to. Yeah. Uh, Saying it's not you, it's me. Yeah. But yeah, it sucks for him. He just made a unfortunate turn back move into the chest, into the hairy chest of a six foot six player. Logan Stanley's a fucking dolphin, man. <laughs> he really is. Like, if you put him and like I don't know Jamie Alexiak on a line, holy shit. There's no. There's also no body hair on that man from like mustache down. <laughs> he's like a swimmer. Yeah, he's a, a dolphin. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of water creatures, the Kraken uh, have announced that they're going to feature a indigenous made logo patch next season on their jerseys. That's pretty sweet. They're partnering with the Muckleshoot Indian tribe to bring their first sweater patch onto the jersey. And uh, it's the tribal seal for the group and so you know it's really really important to them and it's really cool to see the kraken get involved with the community like they are yeah the kraken's ownership group seems to get it 
Yeah, they do. In and sure, like there's a ton of Amazon money in there, and that's gross. <laughs> but I mean, but like, you know, the, you could do worse. They're right? gonna adorn the stadium with the dick rocket at some point. <laughs> but like, I I do it, it, think that at least in this instance, with all of the money. They're like, you know what? We can probably do good things. They are doing some decent things with that money. Yeah. I think that's important to point out. I mean, you know. Jeff Bezos, not so much. Well, like also compare that Amazon money to like Pagula oil money or or not. No, wait. What the Pagula's getting rich for? I'm thinking of. Toilet cakes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> compare that to uh, uh, some of the oil money that's around. Like, I don't know. Uh, well, there's the the sports washing of money in the Premier League and the major teams in uh, right. European soccer, which is gross. It'd be very funny if Saudi Arabians like bought a hockey team at some point. What? What is this? Uh, the same dude who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars owns Fulham. In the English Premier League. Yeah, but he... And he put a statue of Michael Jackson outside their stadium. Yeah, he's... Because they were friends. He's like a Western guy, though. Yeah. He's he's. No, I just thought that was funny. There's a Michael Jackson statue outside of Craven Cottage. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Shad Khan is his name. Yeah. I think he's awesome. He sounds like a great owner, at least from what I know. Um, All right, well... And Fulham's good this year. Departing from the... Okay, so no more oil money jokes and no more uh, references to aquatic animals, real or made up. I'm rolling my I, sleeves I, up because we're going to fight mid-episode. I think the only I, way I, that- I, I sort of doubt that we can avoid those references, but we'll see. Um, another cool thing that the Kraken did that I'm super stoked for is they're doing a branded tent of googly eye bobblehead, and uh, I need it. I, I need it in my life right kind of, now. Kind of shocking that it took this long. You know, it's probably a lot of R&D that went into it. They needed to go through like a lot of rounds to make sure it just like had the right googly eye movement and, uh, you know, just had all the angles and really looked like him. I, I imagine this has been a very, very complicated and uh, labor of love for the team. He, they probably just made the bobbleheads watch uh, like scatological porn <laughs> and their eyes just naturally got that wide. And they're like, finally, they're ready. It's like a fucking. <laughs> I've made just... numerous scatological porn jokes in this because it's fucking gross. Well, and I'm just imagining like, you know, them widening the eyes by like showing them ultraviolence or something. From... <laughs> clockwork orange <laughs> yeah they're not they're not finished until they see the ultraviolence and drink their milk straight from the titty <laughs> uh <clears throat> that's a clockwork orange reference Is for it? people who don't know well yeah they they get their milk from the titties in the the milk bar at the beginning uh, okay yeah like, yeah i forgot about that detail yeah um just to ruminate for a second that's gross <laughs> a milk bar 
I think that's the idea. That's right? disgusting. <laughs> well, and milk is supposed to, you know, symbolize innocence, right? In, in narratives. And I just, I'm caught up on the idea of like milk sitting in a tube as if it were on tap for long periods of time. Well, I mean, if that tube is chilled. Yeah, but how often do you have to clean those tap lines? Every day, I would think. That's a good question. The I dynamics mean, well, of it are what bother me. Milk is delicious, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but it's never supposed to sit out. No. And you can't have a keg of milk. It's not carbonated. I mean, you can have a keg of anything. It, you don't have to carbonate. You can milk anything with nipples, Greg. Yeah, you can. Uh, I, I, I was backpacking when a friend actually drank from a cow. Um, ah. And... Yeah, I don't think it was particularly pleasurable for him. No. He did it. <laughs> I've heard it's absolutely like disgusting out of the teat. Shout out to Adam Sinison. Uh, uh, you know, Boy Scout extraordinaire. Um, yeah, we were backpacking in Fulmont. And I think someone made a joke and he was like, no, nah, I'm up for this. <laughs> and like he did it to his credit. And like, it's perfectly sanitary to drink from a cow. I did not know that until then. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad he didn't die, but, like, I mean, there was a kid in my high school who he gave a quarter if he'd eat gum out of a, a heating register, so, like... Right, uh, less... Uh, I would put drinking milk from a cow above that, but... Yes. Yeah, that's the original, the OG uh, milk tap. Yeah, and you know what? I I gotta say, it hasn't aged well. Ah! <laughs> Evolution has not been good to the milk tap. And uh, A Clockwork Orange is also a movie I never need to see again. It does kind of fuck you up. Yeah. Um, Speaking of things that have not aged well, Jonathan Taves. (laughs) Um, I was wondering where you're going with that, but uh, well done. Unfortunately, he is too sick from covid and this immune response disorder that he has relative to covid uh to get traded like i I feel bad for him he's like the left behind in chicago (laughs) everyone else got traded he you know patrick kane traded we'll get to that later um literally they they traded anyone else that they could mccabe max domi like every jack fucking johnson like (laughs) Jonathan Taves is waking up from a coma to a, just a completely different team of children, none of which I've ever heard of. None of which are as talented as the children they traded away yeah. last season. Um, uh, and you, go ahead. Well, and like, unfortunately, yeah, he, he, you know, he he's too sick for a career hospice. Essentially, did do you think this is? karma for being a stan bowman stan (laughs) being the yeah Uh, being the mouthpiece of denial perhaps i mean it there's a lot of karma going around in the blackhawks you know now between well this and not being able to get what they wanted for patrick kane and uh you know, really kind of showing the prospect cupboard now to be pretty bare. Uh, yeah, whole lot of karma getting handed around there. Uh, the GM has done a decent job this year and just taking like, 
a lost season and turning it into a bunch of draft picks and and hopefully not getting Connor Bedard. Yeah, I don't think I think that's the Gary's last piece. Gary's not going to let him. That's the last piece of the karma. They like, Bill Daly will be mixing the balls and like pull out the Blackhawks and Gary will be in the back and you'll just hear nope. <laughs> nope. Do it again, Bill. <laughs> what uh they're Yeah, I mean they're they're in second for the Bedard race. Um Money Puck has their odds at 14.8% to Columbus's 17.3%. Oh god, they're not going to let him go to Columbus either, are they? No, he's going to he's, he's going, going to Anaheim, Anaheim or Arizona. And, and they can barely let him go to Arizona either. Like he's going to Anaheim. Arizona keeps winning games and I'm like did you did you not get the assignment yeah when you this is what you've lived for since the day austin matthews went to toronto (laughs) if only you could get him uh yeah the problem is that their home arena is too rocking when those drunk college kids come a knocking and uh yeah you you just can't help but win we're gonna talk about this later but you see the phf playoffs are gonna be in mullet arena or the finals? Yeah, in two fucking weeks. Yeah. Let's just talk about it now. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that snuck up. I mean, I've uh, been... No, it didn't snuck up. They scheduled it like I schedule vacations with work. And work is like, what the fuck? Where are you going? And I'm like, yeah, sorry. I'm going to go to Amsterdam. It just happened. It's a thing. And and they're like, well, we can't get there. How the hell do you want us to go watch your hockey? Yeah. I would have if i had had like three months i would have strongly considered going to these games yeah especially in uh march in portland oregon yeah <laughs> like, the desert sounds really fucking it has delectable right now sucked here for like <laughs> three weeks snow Actually, no, like four weeks, yeah. like, like a whole month of suck. We got a historical amount of snow, 11 whole inches. This is so disappointing because I would, uh, there is a, like a legit chance that I would have gone to this. It's Phoenix in March. Here's the kicker. I'm already going to be in San Mateo. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's even faster. You can just take I that, could get there uh, in like 45 minutes. <laughs> But no, no, no arrival at the mullet for me. And that's a real downer. Yeah, it's not a good sign if you hear about the championship for your league by all of the media for your league complaining that they like can't really make it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it is a in a season of very good moves by the PHF. We've talked about this numerous times. The PHF has historically never been able to get out of its own fucking way. Mm-hmm. And like all this season, like the Boyntons have shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, they announced the new salary cap. They have two year contracts. Like the, yeah, it's been a, the all-star game was awesome. They have a bunch of new fun players. It's been a really good year for the PHF. And then they're like, Hey, championships next week. Yeah. And then this. And and it's not like the worst thing in the world. It's just kind of another like. Uh, when taken on its own. Yeah, it's fine. 
when taken in context of the history of the PHF, you're like, a motherfucker. And like what it probably does for the overall presentation and, you know, media uh, presence. Like, it's like, okay, come on. Um, you probably could have done this better. I mean, that said, good location. Yeah. Um, you could probably, like, you probably could have come close to filling the stadium if you would. Yeah, it's d- what, like a 5K stadium, something like yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they can. They could probably fill that. the The problem is that it, it's got it's got the same issues as the Frozen Four for men's college hockey. It's somewhere near none of the teams, mm-hmm. and you didn't schedule it with enough time for people to actually get there. Yeah, um, especially when a lot of the media that cover your sport aren't well paid right. uh they are doing this on stipends right. or just for the love of it right they're thinking about like can they fly spirit or do you need to fly a real airline yeah it understand yeah <laughs> like middle class like, problems like, like frontier uh yeah, yeah that's so. not that's that's just spirit plus yeah i know that was the joke I will say I flew Frontier once. It was bad, but my plane was Lobo the Gray Wolf, and that was pretty rad. They named the plane. Yeah, they're oh, all their planes have twenty five. All their planes have the animals on the tail, and so like all of the animals are named. And mine was Lobo the Lobo the Gray Wolf, and that was pretty fucking rad. Although Seems they like named it you, like Lobo, so it's Wolf the Gray Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> that's some good branding for you but uh it yeah makes it seem like it's a world war ii bomber with that on the front that would have made it for a much uh, safer ride i think than my flight from sky harbor to uh, st louis just because we briefly touched on phf media the ice garden 2.0 is out yeah they have like a uh, a subscription like behind up they have like a behind the paywall they have the technology and it's been awesome they yeah? have been crushing nice. the content uh just incredible amount of work by some incredibly talented people we say this probably pretty frequently but also not enough read the ice garden if you give a shit about hockey in general um but women's hockey especially their coverage is beyond reproach it's a one the best just read their shit um but yeah so you were saying <laughs> so you know who else is having a rough ride is uh cory perry's nuts um they were hit very forcefully by tony hits the d d'angelo um it, in i don't know you call it a scrum after the play whatever he just kind of like comes up to him and just gives him, as they say in the nfl gives him the business right in the right in the twig and berries mm-hmm. as uh, they say you know a, a good cup check but uh well that cup is coming at you forcefully too and it doesn't feel very good yeah it's it's just another milestone in the legacy of that's this fucking waste of a human, Tony D'Angelo. But also kind of funny because 
it sort of has a victimless crime in in having Corey Perry as yeah. a victim because I mean Corey Perry has been a pest for he's, so long, so it's kind of like the pot hitting the kettle in the nuts. He's a notorious butthole, but at least he's not a historically racist butthole, right? And so, uh, and no, at allegedly, no point has his goalie ever punched him in the face? I mean, other goalies probably yeah. have punched Corey Perry. Oh, in the sure, face, but not his, but own. not his own. <laughs> Uh, yeah, reportedly what set Tony D'Angelo off is Corey Perry saying hockey is for everyone. (laughs) No, just kidding. That's good. Uh, and also like, why does Tony D'Angelo always look like he just got caught pawning his mother's jewelry? Like his face, it just like, he, he always looks like he's getting away with something, whether it's punching your goalie or some, uh, questionable commentary or you know running a random uh, uh twitter burner and why rangers fan eight seven six five three oh nine um yeah tony d'angelo is he's a character um like his presence is interesting <laughs> i love my favorite part of the scrum outside of tony d'angelo getting jumped by every member of the right. the lightning on the ice was that the flyers saw it james van reamsdyke legitimately looks right at this happening and skates away for a minute <laughs> i don't want this and then the rest of this team finally goes oh hey stop get off of him and like comes <laughs> over as if they like really give a shit but really they're just like hit him a couple more times we just got to do this to save face right he's getting beat up like the bikers in the bronx tail bar scene (laughs) (laughs) it's like a a a scene from the warriors that went horribly awry yeah and but like set to a benny hill theme (laughs) on a more serious level who's having a rough time is spencer knight who's entered the uh, nhl player assistance program uh, NHLPA player assistance program. Um, the Panthers have clarified to say that it is not a substance abuse issue, which is interesting. Um, apparently the weight of a franchise was maybe too much for the guy. I don't know because, well, they don't have much goaltending coming up in the next couple of years, but yeah, uh, I hope he's doing okay. I hope, he can come back and, you know, take over the exceptional form he's been playing with for a while. I mean, he's one of the top goalie prospects in the league right now. And uh, his team sorely needs him. They needed him this year. Yeah. And what I really appreciate is we, you know, we've seen this with Jacob Verana and now Spencer Knight is that players are finally kind of taking their mental health seriously Mm -hmm. and um not that they haven't in the past but you have to think maybe this is kind of tied to robin laner talking about his mental health struggles in the Mm -hmm. past and others who have come out uh and and you know bemoaned the fact that the mental health of players is not taken seriously enough and we don't know what spencer knight is in there and it's unfair for me to even say mental health on a certain level but you know part of this program is getting you mentally 
ready to come back and play hockey, right? Yeah, um, one would sort of assume that it's, you know, he's a young player. He's a goalie. Goalie's a really tough mental position to play. And so, yeah, one kind of assumes it's a mental health something. Yeah, and so I I really hope that... Um, that this is, it becomes a springboard for him and for the rest of the career, uh, his career. We've seen Jacob Verana, uh, you know, he kind of hung out in the AHL for a while, uh, came back to the Red Wings, didn't play a lot and didn't play particularly well when he did play, but he tonight scored his first goal for the, for the, he tonight scored his first goal for the Blues uh, so hopefully that's a, that's a mark of him getting back on the right track. Um, Evan and I were talking earlier about him having one of the best releases in the NHL and uh, he's, he's a goal scorer. And so he's really hopefully in a good spot and um, hopefully when Spencer Knight comes back, he is put in a place uh, in a position to succeed uh, as well. Uh, we, we, Wish him nothing but the best for a speedy, but more importantly, full recovery um, to to where he can get back to where he feels comfortable playing a game that he, you know, we're guessing loves to play. I mean, if I've been suffering through the Florida Panthers season, I might need some assistance myself. Like that sounds like it's been a grueling endeavor um, with a lot of cylinders not firing correctly there unfortunately can you imagine seeing what had happened in winnipeg the last like six years and hiring paul maurice for that fun and gun team they have yeah the guy who had the team with absurd amounts of forward talent but could never get them into the playoffs or do damage in the playoffs and connor hellebuck Mm -hmm. yeah that's our guy and the guy who quit like he he said, uh, this team needs a different direction, and then the team went out and took a straw poll and said, who, "Who can be our coach?" And Adam Lowry says, "Hey, my dad can." <laughs> and then they, Daddy, and then Adam Lowry's dad comes and coaches, and then they say, uh, and then they're just better. <laughs> yeah, and then they, I mean, they hired Rick Bonus, and he's, you know, they're. They had a really good, they're on a skid right now. They're still in the playoffs, but they had had a really strong season up until about, you know, three weeks ago. So you could say they got a Rick bonus bonus. You know, we hinted at earlier uh, about the, the PHF finals. Were we recording then? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and we've, we've got, it's not like that's the only thing going on. Uh, if we kind of lumped these teams into the haves, the sort of haves and the definitely have nots, <laughs> uh, you got, how, how, how would Marx say that the, the, the bourgeoisie, the intelligentsia and the proletariat. The proletariat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well the, the, Boston and Toronto are definitely the bourgeoisie. Yeah, holy fucking shit. Uh, <laughs> just like 
trading haymakers at the top of the PHF standings all season. Um, then you've got the Intelligentsia, Minnesota and Connecticut, your other two playoff teams. Yeah, boy. Um, both of our favorites making the playoffs. White caps. All get to get bludgeoned probably by one of the two juggernauts. Like you and I, they are solidly middle class. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're closer to lower class in this like ever expanding fucking pricey hellhole that is Portland. <laughs> like, That's true. And then you have your have nots, the Rivs, the Force, and the Buttes. I mean, the Force, you know, they're an expansion team. Yeah. Uh, one can kind of give them a pass. Yeah. If they could have scored goals this season, which I, I know is the point, but their goaltending and their defense was actually pretty solid. Um, if there if there was like a Jennings award for the PHF, it might go to Montreal. Their goaltenders had a pretty stellar season. They just got bludgeoned by... <laughs> Can you clarify what the Jennings Award is for ah, us uh, mere mortals? The Jennings Award goes to the NHL goaltending tandem that has the best season. I think it's ah, usually gotcha. for goals against, like total goals against. Ah, so like um, Linus Allmark and someone else. Yeah. Uh, hey, Sway, Ma- Sway Man has had a fairly decent year. Yeah, that other guy. No, yeah, I know. But Allmark like- is, yeah, clearly like probably just sitting there warming his hands for the Vesna. Um, rubbing him on them on his lap like a like a boy about to get a treat at a parfait store (laughs) parfait store is that that's not a fucking thing about to get a parfait at at an ice cream store would be or a sunday shop thing just in france shop (laughs) s-h-o-p-p-e shoppy (laughs) <laughs> anyways amanda levier also uh had, was able to go a full season this year had an injury plagued last year season last year and is one of the big reasons why minnesota bounced back into playoff contention had a wonderful season would probably be uh up there for best goaltender if it weren't for uh corinne schrader existing and uh boston being a fucking death star <laughs> Uh, you'll be shocked to learn this. Shocked, I tell you. But uh, Lauren Gable uh, leads the league in goals, assists, and thus points. Turns out adding really good hockey players to your already good hockey team is a good recipe for success. <laughs> Lauren Gable, who is a prized uh, offseason acquisition. Yeah, uh, Lauren had uh, been out of uh, the the rotation for a little while former patty kazmaier award winner has been wrecking fools in the phf this season and is probably a shoe-in for the mvp i would imagine i mean didn't the same thing sort of happen last year with kennedy marchment yeah the the whale were like you know that lady who's been just throwing haymakers in sweden for a couple of years let's see if she wants to come home turns out yes and also still very good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, believe, I, think Kennedy, I think Kennedy Marchman's second in scoring, if I remember correctly. Uh, so it's not like Kennedy fell off at all. It's just no. Lauren Gable was like, hello. Hi. <laughs> hello. Just happy to be here. Um, yeah. It, it's an arms race. 
and that's good for the league. Like, it, it's oh, fun. It 100% is. And scoring is down though a little bit because goaltending is just kind of there's some really good goaltending in the phf and and defenses are getting more coaching time and getting more acclimated to you know stopping these goal scorers but it's not down by much and well you know we're just getting more exciting players so i i don't think it's statistically relevant i think goaltending uh, was the first th- arms race. Mm-hmm. And so and now is. forwards need to kind of catch up to that. And with the explosion of the salary cap next year, that seems inevitable, right? Uh, there's so much more money to play with. Speaking of inevitable, Boston. Yeah. I am inevitable. It's, it's, it, don't get me wrong. Toronto has been very good. Mm-hmm. There were probably chances are looking at a Boston Toronto final down at Mullet Arena. Sure, looks like that. But God damn, is Boston good? <laughs> like I don't even, I don't even watch their games anymore because I know it's inevitable. Like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna tune into like the Rivs and the Buttes instead because, like, yeah, they're both not very good, but at the same time. I I know that there's a chance that I'll be surprised by the outcome. Whereas turning on Boston, you're just like, ah, nah. I wonder if the Bruins yeah. are having the same issue. Like how how spoiled are fans of any sort of hockey? They're the Boston worst right now. <laughs> the worst. I mean, like Bruins are amazing. Pride are doing just as well. Um and then I'm sure the colleges are having a good time. Uh, yeah, BU is fifth. Um, nice. I think Boston College has actually kind of just like fallen off a cliff. Yeah. And, you know, there have been some other amazing things. Uh, Shannon Turner, who has played over 100 games for the whale, is an original Connecticut whale player, um, has had an incredible uh career has left a a long standing mark on this league really um not only on the ice but off the ice um she won the 2022 foundation award and uses her platform to raise awareness and money for mental health um i think the last 2 years has partnered with active minds they're dedicated to promoting mental health among young adults uh, primarily turner played in her last home game on February 26th. uh, And there was a huge send off for, uh, for her out in Danbury. And we, it's, it's unreal to, as as people who have kind of come into the PHF in the last three years, like you and I have um, to really, I think, fully understand the impact that Shannon Turner had as like one of the early uh, kind of stars and stalwarts of the league. Mm -hmm. And in a league where there is a ton of transition for Shannon Turner to play for eight years in the way with the whale, especially when like, you know, contracts and money was 
pretty low in those first couple of years mm-hmm. to make it into a time where you know she could theoretically make a, a living wage playing for the Connecticut whale kind of just shows her perseverance, her toughness, and her willingness to help grow an aspect of the game that really deserves it. And so for, you know, we say uh, farewell to just a, a, a monster of of the PHF. And if they get around to having a Hall of Fame at some point, I think she's you know possibly even a first ballot hall of famer for that league because of the impact that she's had yeah these types of people and performances are key to getting any kind of new league off the ground and so hats off to her um and then finally in the other women's pseudo league the pd pwhpa has officially announced uh that they have created a formal union they are I believe still negotiating a CBA with their investors. However, that seems like a, uh, a foregone conclusion, uh, at this point. Um, I can imagine this only happens in smoky back rooms. They're eyeing a, a, a league, a formal league starting this fall. And, you know, the announcement for team locations and whatnot, there's been a ton of speculation, uh, one would assume like, it would be like the cities that they've been in for uh, their dream gap tour. Right. Uh, possibly. I think the big issue is that there's, uh, um, are those, some of those cities aren't huge, right? They, they've played in some, uh, big cities, but some of them are like, you know, small Canadian towns and whatnot. So Branson, Missouri. Yeah. Right. (laughs) We'll definitely have more to come on this as the PWHPA releases more. Uh, But uh, stay tuned. Like we could possibly see competing women's leagues next year. And we could finally see all of those absolute stars that participate in the PWHPA. Um, being on on, on formal teams. Um, One person who will not be on one of those formal teams is Brianna Decker. Brianna Decker, possibly the greatest American hockey women's hockey player of all time decided to retire. This is, it's not super surprising. She had a horrific injury in the Olympics and hasn't uh, by like the small amount of reporting that has come up, like really hasn't felt comfortable back on that leg after it was broken. Um, And so she, uh, she has uh, in the time between playing uh, taken on a couple of responsibilities. Um, She is working with the white caps and with the PHF as kind of a, kind of player liaison role Mm -hmm. and she also uh was named the associate head coach of the girls team at shattuck st mary's um sounds like something brianna decker would do yeah exactly right and so there's uh there's no way to say anything outside of the fact that she is quite possibly the best American hockey player, women's hockey player. And you know what? Um, fuck it. Like you can put her 
stats and her history up against a lot of the best American male hockey players as well. Yeah, and I know obviously hockey hall of fame bound. Yes. The you know, we we had Hillary Knight and we also had uh and now we have Brianna Dacker kind of hanging it up. And in some ways it's cool because we get to see this next round of American talent kind of come up. But those are two of the people along with like kind of coin Schofield and Amanda Kessel who really started mm-hmm. putting American women's hockey on the map as like this force. Like it was always like, it was always, yeah, the Americans are good, but Canada. And now it's like, yeah, both of those two are good, but what about the rest of the world? And well, and, and the U S has had Canada's number for many years. Yeah. And so, and part of the reason they had that was because of Hillary Knight yeah, and Brianna this, Decker this and group like of this, players. this wave of just, hyper talented American women who took that team into this like stratosphere where it's only really touchable by Canada at this point. And I, so we can't say that enough about, uh, about Brianna Decker, uh, three-time Olympic medalist, uh, Patty Kazmaier winner, uh, one of the best college hockey players of all time. Won an Olympic medal, uh, in the bed after she <laughs> broke her leg in the final. Uh, yeah. So like she, like she was, uh, I think it was 2012 when the Patty Kazmaier, um, at Wisconsin. Um, she, she's just stupidly incredible and losing Brianna Decker from that national team, even just in the player pool is a huge hit. And, it's it's going to take a while to really honestly uh, replace a, her and Hillary Knight, honestly. Yeah, because she has kind of gone out in the midst of her prime due to an injury. Yeah. You know, the, the, the bit of a Bo Jackson exit. Yeah, she's, she's third all-time in U.S. points uh, for the U.S. national team behind Hillary Knight and Cami Granato. Really known for being just this hyper intense persona on the ice and you being kind of chill and goofy off of it, which is honestly like the best way to go about it. I think hard to, hard to really put into words the impact that losing Brianna Decker has, but hopefully in her future um, with whether it's in coaching or administration in hockey, wherever she lands, I'm sure she'll honestly, be dominant. Yeah, I have a I have a sneaky suspicion that wherever she lands throughout the rest of her career, both in and outside of hockey, will just be like the the ace in the hole of whatever team she's coaching or administering. So, congrats on a wonderful career. We're sorry it went out the way it did. You know, for those of us who've been following the U.S. women's team for a long time it's it's going to be it's going to be hard to watch the stars and bars on the ice here coming forward without hillary knight and without brianna decker so you know thank you for everything and congrats on a just almost unparalleled career you're here okay now we can do the 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 men so as i was saying earlier i've been watching the sopranos and so for like the fourth fifth time through no actually first i've never actually watched the Sopranos. And so, uh, just thanks to, uh, 
Delta Airlines media choices, I just was like, well, let's start with it. And I don't know, I really enjoy it. But um, in my head, that's just New Jersey. Like that, like New Jersey is forever pre 9-11. And uh, now like Timo Meyer has traveled back in time to the Tony Soprano era, getting traded from, you know, modern California. It's got to be a shock. <laughs> Somebody is just going to be like, he gets off the plane and he like just kind of looks around to survey us and somebody goes, what you looking at? Hey, I'm standing here. What you looking at? We haven't recorded since the end of the NHL trade deadline, which actually was just last Friday. So that's not too bad. <laughs> um, uh, the big fish is really obviously Timo Meyer. A lot of the bigger trades, and like we're not gonna be like, oh, this guy has the potential. Blah, blah, blah. Like we're, that's not our style. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna make jokes, um, uh, especially about Jonathan Quick, um, who actually earned that name after his stay in Columbus. Timo Meyer goes to New Jersey. Honestly, like the haul wasn't all that impressive. I think like it's a good trade, but I would have thought that Timo Meyer would have garnered more honestly um yeah so they got they got a bunch of, there was oh god there was, there was, there was like a that's fuck. that's why we're not gonna review this trade because there's like 30 dudes and like 12 up. picks and like these are some names yeah too. and so like we're not gonna review we're not gonna review any of these trades all that deeply like patrick kane what they get for him pretty much nothing um uh, no they get they get they get uh, uh <laughs> most importantly a possible first round pick, but it got sold in different media conglomerates to the, to the fans differently. So like the condition is, I think they have to make the Eastern conference finals conference finals. Not yeah. The, okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> in Chicago, it's a conditional first round pick. And in New York, it's a conditional second round pick. Well, the New York media is bigger than the Chicago media, so they're right. Um, sure. And then there was like Mike, a fourth rounder as well. I as we know, might makes right, huh? Uh, that's why the New York Post is a great newspaper <laughs> and everybody should read it. <laughs> I think the New York Post and Fox News are the only two media sources that I have fully banned my Google feed <laughs> from giving me information from. Do you think Kane, Patrick Kane sort of feels cocked by Vladimir Tarasenko? <laughs> Because uh, he got there first, <laughs> maybe. But also, I think Kane arriving pushed Tarasenko down a line, so maybe it kind of evened out. That's interesting. Yeah, perhaps Ryan O'Reilly trade happened a while ago. Nolakiari and him go to Toronto, and then unfortunately, um, Ryan O'Reilly had it immediately hurts his uh, banjo picking finger. And he's out for four weeks. Yeah, uh, we His, won't. Uh, we old won't. Country band is gonna suffer. We won't see any uh, new albums anytime soon. No, it's a damn. Maybe shame. he's using this time to write, though. Yeah, right. Or, or just working on production. Um, other big trades, I guess. Uh, uh, Gavrikov was finally traded, uh, not to Boston, but to, uh, but to L.A. Uh, in that trade, it was Gavrikov and Corpusalo for Jonathan Quick and some picks. And 
this is like one of the shadier things I've ever seen. Like Jonathan Quick has spent his entire career in LA. He's like three months from his contract being up. And Jonathan Quick was traded to Columbus after the game after a game in Winnipeg. He's told that he's traded and has to fly from Winnipeg to LA with the team. Like both I mean, like stewing and depressed and like all the reports from that flight are that like there were barely dry eyes on the flight and everybody was just like some mix of depressed and pissed off. Sure. But imagine the alternative, which is, okay, you take off now. Like, you know, that sucks for him, gave him that opportunity to to fly home with the team. Yeah. It, it, it's not easy, but it, it's a business he knows it. At some point, that team will retire his number, and he'll have, I mean... A remarkably unattractive statue outside of <laughs> the arena. Okay, Crypto.com arena. That's a great side story. Um, yeah, statue alongside maybe Dustin Brown. And, I mean, if you have a Dustin Brown statue, you have to have a fucking Anze Kopitar statue. Um and a Jonathan Quick statue. Like. Absolutely. And why not? I mean, I know they have a ton of statues, right, outside this LA arena. Yeah. Allegedly. I've never been there. But um, um Well, actually, just like the people are just saying. like cryptocurrency, it's fake. So <laughs> It's, um, just, it's it's a 3D rendering. I'm surprised I didn't hear like a bro in my ear like, you don't know anything. Crypto is life. Well, I mean, Matt like, Damon says so. In, in Bro. Bro, just listen to me. It's just like come in and buy some crypto with me, bro. <laughs> you just buy it in a store. Yeah, come into this back alley store. Yeah. I'll sell you some crypto. Yeah. What is? What did you hand me? This is a bag of Q-tips. No, that's crypto. <laughs> uh, same value. They're both worth the same. Uh, that that'll be thirty seven thousand dollars. What? Uh, Jonathan Quick tonight actually uh, thirty four saves, gives up three goals and a victory for the golden Knights over the lightning. That's the second half of the story. Good for him. Is that quick was a Columbus blue jacket for about two days. And Mm -hmm. reportedly, uh, GM Jarmo calls Jonathan quick as like, basically as soon as he gets off this flight from Winnipeg to LA and says, Hey, I'm sorry. You were just like part of like, a a kind of like a make weight to make the money work. I want to do right by you. Give me a couple of days. I'm going to work on this. And then trades him to a legit contender in Vegas, who is a direct competitor with the Kings. And needs his services badly. And, I mean, initial impressions are he's going to go, oh, you you try fuck on me? Uh, 34 saves against the Lightning is nothing to fuck around about. And so uh, I, Good. I hope. I really hope that LA and Vegas play. Yeah. And Jonathan, even if Jonathan quick doesn't play in the series, but Vegas wins. Fuck LA. There's no way in hell that Vegas is only playing Logan Thompson in the series or whoever their fucking goalie is right now. Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill. Yeah. No, like, no, was, I think once they get to the playoffs, it's got to be quick, right? The playoff pedigree, especially if he plays well, well down the stretch. Maybe not every game, but like 
he's going to get games. Yeah. And hopefully they're against LA. Yeah, that uh, that would be some excellent poetic justice. I mean, to his credit, that is was also sort of one of the storylines with Patrick Kane on his way out of Chicago was, okay, Tarasenko gets traded. Okay, there's all of this kind of pressure. And Patrick Kane's like, oh, I'm just going to score like 10 goals in three games. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, so you've been sandbagging this entire fucking season. Cool. Yeah. Right. And then he could be like, they told me they needed a first, the first pick. <laughs> yeah. Like it was Suck like hard for Bedard. Come yeah. on, man. That yeah. was the, that was the, <laughs> the motto. <laughs> well, if anybody knows about sucking hard, it's Patrick Kane. Anyways. Um, Yo. Uh, also there was kind of this wild flurry. So, the Monday and Tuesday before the trade deadline, the Red Wings and Ottawa played a two-game series that was effectively kind of like a play-in for the playoffs. Like, if you came out of that having won two games, you were kind of in the driver's seat for challenging for like the seventh or eighth uh, spot. Uh, Ottawa beat the ever-living shit out of Detroit, <laughs> uh, both on the scoreboard and physically. Uh, it <laughs> At was, one point, Brady Kachuk tried to challenge your goalie to a fight. <laughs> yeah, in like, and I'm kind of surprised that he didn't just do it for funsies, anyways. <laughs> Brady uh, Kachuk is amazing. I love him so much. He he looks like a a humanoid thumb. Uh, <laughs> he, he looks, like and a, I love him. Looks like a fully grown Chucky doll. <laughs> he's he's a very strange looking man. Uh, but I love that he's in Ottawa and I love that like him and Josh Norris just like go out drinking after games and sing karaoke. karaoke. Yeah. It's great. Um, anyways, so the end result of the Red Wings getting just smoked out of the building by Ottawa in two straight games was, uh, Eisenman was like, fuck this shit. Uh, traded Tyler Bertuzzi to, boston got a first and a second or first and a fourth back and boy does he look like he belongs there <laughs> oh i i've told people like tyler bertuzzi is going to have a huge playoff and he's going to get a huge contract from somebody because he's going to have like he'll have like 15 points in the playoffs and just be a fucking warrior the whole time. He was so fresh on the team. He played games without any sort of uh, tape on the top of his stick yeah, tape or a butt end, right. which like just is driving hockey players nuts or hockey fans. They're like, how do you play without a butt end? How do you, how do you even, how do you, I'm like, it's it a- doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but to explain a butt end does a lot in a modern carbon fiber hockey stick to like dampen the sort of like vibrations and tinniness of the puck on stick feel in my opinion this is Um, he needs that to feel alive yeah because he's not playing next to his bestie best boy dylan larkin anymore or as i said he's raw dogging it like he does with his immune system (laughs) um the wings also traded uh Philip Philip Ronick to Vancouver. <laughs> like, okay, so Vancouver trades Bo Horvat to the Islanders, and the big 
get from this is a first round pick that's lottery protected this year, but not in 2024 or top 15 protected. Mm -hmm. And so they then trade that pick and a second round pick to the Red Wings for Philip Ronick, who is uh, having a very good year. And I think his like true ability is somewhere in between the years where he was paying like 26 minutes on a shit team mm-hmm. and his play this year. I think he's somewhere in between there. Yeah. Uh, but Steve Eiserman did it again. <laughs> yeah. Like he sold his whole life <laughs> is Britney Spears's first hit. <laughs> Oops. I did it again. And I'll fucking I traded do it again. you fools. I fleeced all you fucks. Yeah. Ooh, baby, baby. Uh, he, he's, he's a fucking Jedi. Uh, but also evil, like, mm. and I love him. Uh, but uh, so he, the Red Wings now have four first round picks in the next two drafts. Uh, but that also might. So they have two this year. But if the Islanders slip out or fall into the top fifteen picks, they get their pick next year, and they look like they're going to be terrible. So. Like, Eiserman might have just scored, like, this absurd draft pick. The whole, like, victory speech for Vancouver in this trade, the Bo Horvat trade, was, like, that this this pick of the Islanders might slip a ton and sure. be a really low pick or high pick next year. And then they just traded it to the Red Wings for a very solid but not spectacular right shot defenseman yep and so boston incredible juggernaut this year has a ton of uncertainty on their roster uh as of right now their best center signed for next year is pavel zaka like which is a fine player for your third line uh that said i mean they have loaded up in <laughs> yeah deadline. but like their pick so their pick might be really shitty <laughs> when the red wings get it so eiserman was like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna rob you <laughs> like like he's just like slapping the palm of his hand with the back of his other hand like give me all your first round picks that might be dog shit later i don't know right and and broadcast and all of our vancouver friends are like oh no what is you doing the same song and fucking dance that vancouver has been doing for 10 years now it's great um back to more boston death star um they acquired dimitri orlov and garnet hathaway from the capitals in a three-team trade a great fucking trade yeah, brilliant for them. Uh, I think both dudes have already scored. Yeah, um, Orlov, I think, already has like half as many goals as he had all season mm-hmm. in like five games. And not only that, they dumped, which isn't a lot of goals, but like they dumped Craig Smith, who's a real person and not just like John Doe. Uh, they dumped his fat contract. Yeah, it's Don Sweeney doesn't know how to draft, but he can trade like a motherfucker uh-huh. so and if they knows. could just get somebody else to run the draft <laughs> they'd be great yeah it, he knows how to trade a draft pick that's for sure 
hey, you know, you've only got one Patrice Bergeron. Um, they did lose right. tonight to Edmonton, but whatever. They're <laughs> they're a they're, fucking machine. They are cruising, to say the least. I think that was their first loss in like eight games. Uh, Mont Girl Summer coming to New York near you. I'm sure he's going to be, you know. Again. Yeah. Um, unleashed on Brooklyn again. I don't know. <laughs> I really love that. He doesn't resign with the Rangers and the Rangers collective fan base goes, the fuck? Why? No, he was amazing. We love him. He signs in in Ottawa and all year Rangers fans were talking about how do we trade for Tyler Mott? (laughs) And then it happens and they didn't really need to give up much. Um, So that uh, gallon of apple juice is coming home. Yeah. uh, He's a good Michigan boy. So you leave him alone. Oh, he's great. I love him. Oh, like the fact that Tyler Mott is always on the edge of being fantasy relevant despite being a fourth line dude makes me so happy. <laughs> um the Colorado Avalanche have had a lot of things this year, but they've not had their banana pancakes. And so they traded for Jack Johnson back. <laughs> yeah. In like that and Lars Eller were like their only moves, which I think shows the amount of confidence that Joe Sackick has in his roster. Mm-hmm. They're going to get Landeskog back at some point. They haven't been healthy all year. No. Um, actually, like right now is the healthiest they've been, and their captain still hasn't played a game all season. Um, I, 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 I can't really fault him in that. Like, you've got just this otherworldly talented team that just kind of needs to be healthy enough to play together. And but you, you look fine. You look back at your championship roster and you're like, I want this one mascot defenseman. <laughs> it, he must be on pucks. If they're like, this guy must be the nicest fucking guy. Nazem Kadri. No, 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 <laughs> no. We need Jack. We Johnson. need Jack Johnson. Um, <clears throat> one move that is, criticized and has been criticized and will probably be criticized. Um, Tampa Bay acquired Tanner Janot from Nashville for a veritable King's ransom. A Spanish armada of picks. Yeah. Um, what? And, <laughs> and when they asked Julian Brisewell about it, he was he effectively said, picks don't matter to championship caliber teams. Yeah, and I was like, He's fucking right. <laughs> He's, he fucking w- memed up and said, I'll do it again, motherfucker. <laughs> the dude is the king of finding third line talent. At like, and I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. I'm saying, like, look at who he's picked up in the past. Like Blake Coleman. Uh, Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel. Uh, Nick Paul. Now Tanner Janot. And like he brings in these guys on reasonable contracts. Because... It, he very smartly says, you know what? My core is the tits. So we just got to find people who are cheaper than they should be to fill out those bottom lines. And, you know, he paid a lot of picks for Brandon Hagel last year. He played a ton of picks for Tanner Janot this year. Um, but you know what Tanner Janot has done? Fought somebody already. Scored points. <laughs> Yeah, he's really good. Uh, and I I I am an open Tanner Gino truther. I think he's a really really talented player and will excel on that team and get them the grit that they want for when Corey Perry's gone. They were strategic in trading for Gino and Brandon Hagel type guys. Yeah. You know, the, the 
good, quick, gritty, talented players. Absolutely. And in six games with Tampa so far, he has three assists, two fights, and 23 hits. Hell yeah. Including nine tonight. (laughs) Nine hits? Nine hits. 2.5 fantasy points based off of nine hits and one block. Wow. That's it. No goals, no assists, no shots. (laughs) No stats, just vibes. Elbows. That's grips and vibes. Big winner of the trade deadline. Noted porn star chaser Michael Delzato traded to the Ducks. Uh, he's going to be in L.A. Right. Perfect. Headed, headed towards Porn Valley. Baby. Like Jenna Jameson is probably still around and just waiting for a Michael Delzato to like hang I, out. I, I feel like he's um, probably going after younger talent. Speaking of the Ducks, uh, Trevor Zegras. He just does silly things like <laughs> you just go. That was silly and amazing. And I'm very happy for him. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but Trevor Zegras just looks like he's having a great fucking time <laughs> he all really the time on a bad team and allegedly is um, him and Mason McTavish are texting kind of bedard all the time which is funny because like it's not even remotely in their hands <laughs> like who gets Connor bedard yeah they're just uh they're manifesting and also they're not much older than him <laughs> no they really aren't another interesting trade uh rasmus sandin off the leafs to washington washington obvious sellers but acquiring this decent piece of talent um toronto just finally kind of giving up on the dude it wasn't so much i think it was more toronto kind of doing him a solid or just saying we can't resign you to yeah the bummer here was that he got traded in the middle of practice and (laughs) what yeah they were in the middle of practice and some staffer came out and had to be like hey rasmus come with us and they made him do this like walk of shame around the rink while the rest of the team continues practicing. That has to be planned. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> and I mean, that fits with how they fucking treated him in terms of ice time and positioning. So yeah, um, they didn't like, they obviously didn't like the dude. Hope it, hope he works out. Okay. Better. Yeah. I, I think he's in a place now where he will actually get to play. Uh, he's had a, uh, a goal and four assists in three games so far. So, and, uh, uh, and he's working the power play. Like he's, he's exactly the type of player that Washington needs as they're not going to rebuild. They're going to reload sort of thing. They have a shit ton of cap space, <laughs> cap space. <laughs> I hate my whole life. Um, that's Pulitzer worthy. They have a ton of cap space so they can honestly retool quite a bit. Uh, this off season to most importantly go for Alex Ovechkin's second cup. Yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> Alex long as Ovechkin's goal record, as long as Ovechkin's there, they're not going to tank. Um, but this year they noticed, Hey, we don't really have it. So let's, they have so many expiring contracts. Let's trade some of our assets, get some draft capital. And, you know, they're taking a swing on Rasmus Sandin, who never got a fair shake in Toronto and might be really solid. So, and Toronto is taking Eric Gustafson, all offense defenseman, no defense defenseman. It's 
I mean, if you it's want very a, silly, if you want a good ish limited quarterback of your power play, all right, then uh, you take Morgan Riley. Yeah, I kind of forgot he was still in the league. <laughs> um, Her- Carolina was interesting at the deadline, acquiring Jesse Puliyarvi and Shane Gostisbehere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that those are smart and interesting moves. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of just uh like really um they're subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, uh <laughs> subtle. Yeah, the cane the canes don't often trade they they are they don't believe in trading draft assets for rentals. Mm-hmm. So you know, Puyu Yarvi is a wild card and they got him for relatively cheap. He's a rehab yeah. project. And Gostas Bear, you know, Philadelphia basically just like sold their soul to Arizona to get him out of there. And he's done nothing but play really well in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so that it's it's honestly it's a very good pickup for the Canes and great for Arizona to like get something back for somebody that they got something back for. Like, I forget what that original trade was. Let me look it up, actually. No, it was insane because they re-signed Goss after his insane start to his career. And then he never lived up to that in Philly. It was Goss a second and a seventh for future considerations. Our boy. And then Carolina turned that into a third round pick and didn't keep any salary. Jesus Herbert Walker Christ. <laughs> what? It's so good. How is Philly not just like. And it's not like his set fire to the Flyers building. Chuck Fletcher <laughs> needs to be summarily dismissed. Like. I mean, it's, it's coming with a, with a pickaxe. It's just the problem is it's taken too long. <laughs> like he did not make a significant trade of the trade deadline. They did not get rid of fucking James Rand Reemsdyke. They didn't get rid of Kevin Hayes. They didn't get rid of anybody. The Farabee. Uh, they get rid of fucking. They had people that were interesting. They yeah. didn't get rid of Provrov. And apparently there was a, a pseudo deal in place with the Wings. And with like 10 minutes to go in the deadline, they were like, nah, we're out <laughs> for JVR. Because uh, they were trying Eisenman to make it. Another- like, JK bitch. Yeah. <laughs> They were trying to make another trade to make room for JVR and then just were like, nah, we're good. Bye. <laughs> we don't need a gigantic Fletcher, overweight power forward. Chuck Fletcher was like, yeah, we didn't receive any good offers for you. And it's like, shop him around, you fucking loser. <laughs> there are so many bad GMs in the NHL and you might be the worst. Yeah, there are so many other teams that didn't want to wear their pride jerseys that you could have traded Ian Provorov to. Yeah, like, like Minnesota. They decided today we're just not gonna have our uh, pride jerseys that we promised you guys. Yeah, because um, we're we're really big buttholes. I mean, yeah. if we're gonna expect it of anybody, it would be the team that had like a Blue Lives Matter night. There is that. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I just feel bad for like Matt Dumba. <laughs> And Jared Spurgeon and like uh, Ryan Reeves. John Merrill, who is like yeah. a hardcore ally for LGBTQ plus folks, 
like works hand in his him and his wife work hand in hand with tons of LGBTQ plus charities and support groups. And apparently the team was like, no. And uh, in contrast, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, Connor Murphy made a made a nice move and came out and said, uh, so we're going to fucking do this. Yeah, <laughs> like, we better be wearing these pride jerseys for our warm up. And also, I don't understand what the big deal is. Wear the jersey. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, get him, Connor. Yeah, you know, in best, a lo- in a best Connor season- in the NHL. <laughs> in a lost <laughs> season for the Blackhawks, there are a uh, a couple of uh, bright moments, and this is one of them. <laughs> Go, Connor Murphy. I mean, he's he's been outspoken in novel ways before. I can't remember what he's said, but he, he's kind of a he's a funny dude. Yeah, and you know, I appreciate him for just making light of the situation and calling out bullshit where he sees it. Um, and finally, Oh, I was going to say, speaking of the Blackhawks, Oh, they acquired Nikita Zaitsev for our boy future considerations. I love that Ottawa did that. And as a make weight to, and then just picked up Jacob Chikorin for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) What a waste of an asset on bill armstrong's watch out there in the desert like yeah right and they signed zaitsev for a lot of money back in the day chikrin finally free of arizona can't be happier even though he's probably gonna miss the playoffs again i don't know man ottawa's been sort of on a heater uh i they've got a lot of odds are 19 percent on money puck yeah but their odds at the start of last week, we're like 2.5%. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I hope so. I oh, hope so for Jacob Chitron. I hope, like, I hope so. And Claude Giroux and like all of these other players that, you know, they want to believe. Like we talked about, I think last week, the, the letter of, uh, um, Rasmus Dahlin wrote to Buffalo and it's like, I wonder who's writing that letter in Ottawa because they're starting to believe it's gotta be multilingual. (laughs) That's the truth. You know who I'm pretty sure isn't multilingual, but is still a perfect boy. Who? Dylan Larkin. I, you don't think he's multilingual. Uh, If he had spent four years at U of M, he would be because you're required to take four years of a language. Hmm. But he only spent one year at U of M, so I'm guessing not. But he is much richer uh, as of as of recent uh, signings. The gut punch was he signed his contract and then Eisenman traded his best friend, Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> um, well, mean, his other best friend, because he'd already traded his other best friend, Anthony Mantha. Um, he, but He took it out in TJ Oshie's face. Yeah, well, and that, that, that that's was, not how the timing worked out. That was out, before, yeah. He's that, like that was just a convenient this joke. Is, this is premeditated. <laughs> um, knew some, I knew something bad was gonna happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and all the pictures were of like Dylan signing the contract in his kitchen with Steve Eiserman, and it's like, yeah, if Eiserman knocks, you open the fucking door, <laughs> and like you can just imagine, uh, like Eiserman not even saying anything just like showing up and being like 
and just handing him a, like a, a, a 30, 30 page contract and just being like, sign it. It's more <laughs> than we wanted. And Larkin's like, okay. And what were the terms? Eight by 8.75. So, which I mean, a, a little bit less than I, I anticipated somewhere a little bit north of nine. Um, I think Larkin probably got less by staying in Detroit than he would have on the open market. But but he still also yeah. got a very good deal. Um, and, and he's I, a hometown boy. He's from there. He like Waterford, Michigan. This he's means, never played hockey outside of the state of Michigan. Yeah, it, that's insane. Yeah. Like I hope he never has to. Yeah, fuck your state of hockey, Minnesota. Dylan Lark, perfect baby. Dylan Larkin says otherwise. That's such an amazingly pure thing in such a sad world. Yeah. So Dylan Larkin, uh, captain forever. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna lead the Red Wings to their next Stanley Cup. Oh, uh, captain, my captain! How many rings do you have? The answer for Dylan Larkin, we'll say one. We'll say one. I'll say one. I'd put money on that. I'd say he wins a cup. What's the yeah the with o- the wings over under point five Stanley Cups. <laughs> no it's over under 0. 0.9 0.99 stanley cups but you can't win just one <laughs> it's like the pringles of mm-hmm. the of trophy world is that it yeah fuck it let's i think that's it we've been we've been at this for a while we put in a good turn i'm tired i am tired yeah it's you especially have had a long week i've just had a long week because work is ridiculous jet lag is is one hell of a drug but uh yeah uh yeah well with that then with that uh if you couldn't tell this episode is over uh we thank you so much for listening to us here at the handsome hockey podcast we uh you know we we have a lot of fun doing this despite evan looking like he's in constant discomfort across the table from me and i'm just getting a massage in man yeah it's like uh it thankfully it's not a a, a happy a, a happy finish or happy ending mis- type of massage. It's more of a like no, I really hurt kind of massage. Or a, you can't see under the table. Or I spent twelve hours on a plane type of massage. <laughs> it was only ten. Actually, that's a direct flight. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it it, yeah. it was all right. I mean, it, I kind of messed that up, but it's fine. Yeah, because right. you could like I got like the window seat. And then the real move is to get the inside aisle because there's like the four seats on the inside mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a sparse flight. And so you could get like a bed. Nice. But well, and I like, I like had an empty seat picked out, but then I watched too many episodes of the Sopranos and somebody, and took, someone it. took it. It's fucking amateur hour over I here. I know you, I know. I do it to myself. Yeah, you're an embarrassment. I am. Speaking of embarrassments, you can find us all over the internet at uh, handsomehockey.com, handsome hockey podcast on Instagram, at handsome hockey on Twitter, uh, or handsome hockey pod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page and a YouTube page. They are updated sparsely, but they're there. I updated the YouTube page. That's why it's got an exclamation point. Oh, hey, shows how much attention I'm paying. Yeah, Uh, Uh, we we already have uh, views on our, I don't know, 15 back videos that I just uploaded. Hooray. Good. 
good job youtube viewers who are probably kind of they're like they're not talking about handsome people at all mm-hmm. that's 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 why it's ironic don't you think it's like rain on your wedding day yeah well you know what it actually most of the western world was on fire on my wedding day so we could have used some rain anyways all right well thank you so much for listening folks we're t- we're gonna go to bed it's like 9 55 and it's like screaming bedtime at me so have a great day um have a great night have a great middle of your day whatever the fuck you're doing when you listen to this have a great one of it and stay handsome everybody Resté beau tout le monde